Hello, you're listening to episode 75 of It's an Adventure with Daniel and Victor. You can listen to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can donate to this podcast on Anchor. And if you like us, tell a friend. You know, you humans should really be thanking us. We machines are keeping you from going crazy. What's streaming all that Netflix you're watching, a machine? What's letting you play all that Animal Crossing, a machine? What are you sticking batteries into to relieve stress, a machine? Think about it. Bake a cake, while you are at it. Enjoy this week's episode. I was just lazy. We're live! It's working now, yay! You found your laptop! I did find my laptop. It was in your butthole. I wasn't sure where it was. Yeah. (laughs) It's always the last place you look. That's like the human pocket, though, right? That's what people call a butthole sometimes, the human pocket? That's what they call it. Yeah. Um, that, or just fat rolls. Fat rolls? That's true. Yeah. I've also heard, uh, well, your butthole, yeah, your butthole part, uh, a lot of people refer to it as a chocolate starfish. I could see that. Yeah. I don't, you, I've never heard someone say that, but I could see it. You ever uh, he- heard of the band called Limp Biscuit? Yeah. Well, their album, well, they have an album called uh, The Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavor Water. <laughs> have you have you watched The Fanatic? No, I haven't. It's on Amazon. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um and who's the lead singer? Fred Durst. Yeah, Fred Durst directed it. Yeah, dude, um, that guy's been directing a couple movies. Oh, what other movies has he directed? I think some pretty, like, kind of, like, not uh, super, uh, like, uh, unknown movies. Like, he's directed a couple that I've been like, what? That was him? I'm, yeah. I'm wikipedia him right now. William Frederick Durst. Uh, age forty nine. Um, He's directed. Uh, he directed the the education of Charlie Banks. Uh, oh, long shots okay. and fanatic. That one came out in twenty nineteen. Yeah, the fanatic is John Travolta. Um, he John Travolta plays a mentally handicapped person who becomes obsessed with a horror actor. And the horror actor is actually this the guy who plays Stan in the Eminem music video Stan. <laughs> yeah. Um so John Travolta it just it gets to a point where John Travolta's just um stalking him. And there's a scene where the actor is in the car with his kid and Limp Biscuit comes on. He's like, Yeah, you like Limp Biscuit, and then he turns it up and they jam out for a literal minute it's awful (laughs) i was so surprised that this thing exists what limp biscuit song were they jamming out to hello hello can you hear me oh shit sorry You died a little bit, yeah. Okay, for sure. I'm sorry about that. It's all right. I have we, no idea. I've never listened to Limp Bizkit. They sing the, I did it all for the nookie. Oh, uh, the nookie. 
Uh, nookie, googie, shove it up your ass, shove it up your ass. Let me see. I'm putting Limp Bizkit song in the fanatic on Google. Uh, <laughs> I'll send you. I'll send you a couple um, tunes when we're done re uh, recording, so you can brush up on your Limp Biscuit. Is that my homework? That's your homework, dude. I want to report by the time we record this podcast again. You should watch the fanatic, by the way. <laughs> I should. I was looking at his other movies too on on Wikipedia, and apparently, fuck it, the first one that he directed, the Education of mm -hmm. Charlie Banks, that's got Jesse Eisenberg in it. What the fuck is that movie? What I I I know I've heard of it. The Education uh, of Charlie Banks. He uh, it's about this kid who's in high school, and he's both admired and feared, and uh. <laughs> He's he's charismatic and violent. I guess it's about like some sort of high school fuck up. I think. Oh no! Wait, they go to college, and now he's a fuck up in college. I think. Oof! What a loser! What a loser, dude! Um, by the way, John Travolta's character, who's like retarded, his name is Moose in <laughs> the fanatic. <laughs> That's a great name, dude. <laughs> Have we introduced ourselves yet? It's um. Oh, hey, I'm Victor. I'm Daniel. This is, this is an adventure. <laughs> this is, it's an adventure. Yeah. Oh. Ugh. Something just came out of my nose. I need to wipe it. Was it cocaine? Uh, yeah. If it was, I would have just sniffed real hard. Huh. Alright, sorry guys. Um, I'm back. Yeah, fucking... Isn't... Is MFC Studios? Does that stand for motherfucking cinema? MFC Studios is that is that Fred Durst's? Uh, I think so. MFC Studios is that his studio? It wouldn't surprise me if it if it. Uh, that's. Let's see, MFC. That's what it stood for. MFC the fanatic. I'm seeing a lot of MFC Studios Pokemon. <laughs> I know, I know. I, that's what I. That's what I got too. Um, Mother, motherfucking. My connection's not great right now. Bad motherfucking cinema. Motherfucking cinema. Only hard. We only show hard <laughs> shit at the motherfucking cinema. We only show Rob Zombie and, <laughs> and all that shit. Damn, Rob Zombie. Yeah. Is that the, um, if, by the way, I'm going to read this scene, this line from Salon. If Moose had romantic designs on Hunter, it could have infused the film with some much needed frisson. But there is no homoerotic tension between the two men. Instead, there is a supposedly creepy scene of Moose covering Hunter asleep in his chair with a blanket and giving him a peck good night. <laughs> you gotta. It, it's. It's one of those movies where if I describe it, it's like fine, I guess. But it's the almost all execution. Oh, and I forgot at the box office, it made three thousand one hundred and fifty-three dollars. Whoa, that's a lie. That's a. <laughs> 
I wish I had three thousand dollars. Considering the time that we live in, dude, where I think the last week's box office records were were zero dollars. Zero. That's right. And that's why, because I'm in La Mirada and you're in Garden Grove, but we still have to do this over Skype. Yeah, because of uh, Mr. COVID-19, dude. Just Mr. Out, yeah, Mr. COVID. I think if I if I show it respect, it won't it won't do anything to me. You know. Is that what works? Yeah, I think so. Oh damn it! I just found out what MFC stood for. What does it stand for? Media Finance Capital. Ah. <laughs> and who did so you sad. think it stood for? You thought it stood for motherfucking cinema. Yes, I did. <laughs> you want to know other stuff about uh, Mr. Fred Durst here? Yeah. Uh, he said that uh, in 2015, apparently, he expressed interest in obtaining a Russian passport and spending half a year in Crimea. And apparently, he's a really uh, he's a big fan of Vladimir Putin. He thinks that he's a great guy with clear moral principles and a nice person. I um, when you said he said, I thought he was gonna go in like um, oh, what's that director's name who just said oh. Hitler is not a bad dude. Or I could sympathize with Hitler. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. It was the guy who did Melancholy. Oh, Lars von Trier. Lars von Trier. That's right. It was something... What was What was that about? Because I remember watching Emma Stone being really uncomfortable next to him at the table while he was saying all of that. Let me check. That Lars von Trier guy is a very uh, weird dude, dude. If you watch his movies... Oh my god, what's going on up there, Lars? Are you okay? I think he's one of those where the first couple are like, oh wow, this is this is new. And then all of his recent ones, I can't name a good one. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, okay, back in 2011 apparently, Lars von Trier admitted to being a Nazi. <gasps> That's uh, right. Understanding oh, no, it Hitler. Known. It was... It was Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, Kirsten Dunst. Promoting melancholia, something that has nothing to do with the Nazis. This was back then when he said his next, after he did Melancholia, his next movie could be The Final Solution. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, this is back just, in... Uh, I just processed that. Yeah. Sprawling routine, wow. baby crab. I don't. I he's he's an odd guy. I don't know. I don't he's, know. Lars von Trier is, is a weird dude. Hey, real quick, Daniel. Yeah. Did you know Razzies still happened? Oh, did or they? Were, were they see. were they held in a big ass room full of people? Full of full of the old people of Hollywood. Yeah. Just kind of. Um. Let me see. Let me make sure. Because uh, I know. I think nominations got. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Bless you. Well, thank the you. 40th, the 40th Golden Raspberry Awards. Um, oh, okay. You want to hear some of them? Yeah, let's hear them. Worst Picture, Cats. Oh my god, I never would have guessed. Holy shit. You want to hear the other nominations? What are the other nominations? The Haunting of Sharon Tate. Um, a Medea Family Funeral. Rambo, Last Blood, and my favorite, The Fanatic. <laughs> oh, dude, The Fanatic should have swept that shit, dude. Well, okay. Uh, worst director, Tom Hooper for Cats. 
worst <laughs> actor, uh, John Travolta for two movies. Oh. Um, he got the worst actor for playing Moose in The Fanatic and Sam Monroe for playing Trading Paint, or in Trading Paint. Damn, uh, John Travolta is killing it, dude. Dude, hey, I watched an award-winning movie without knowing it. Yeah, you know? did, man. Uh, the worst actress, Hilary Duff for The Haunting of Sharon Tate. What, what the what fuck is, is... The, the Hunting of Sherrod Tate sounds like uh, the great value uh, version of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm sure that's what it is. Oh, I'm 100% sure. Uh, the worst supporting actor, James Corden for Cats. Worst supporting actress, Rebel Wilson, Cats as Jenny. Any thoughts? Did you ever get a chance to watch Cats? I did not, no. I didn't either. I, I wanted to really bad, but I just never got the chance to. There was, there was talks of when it came out of, of me going with uh, Tyler, and we, we'd get like really high and make fun of the movie, but I, that doesn't happen. When I get really high, I can't, I can't make fun of movies. I just, I just hate them even more. Oh, is that how? For me, I just kind of zone out, and I just kind of stop paying attention. So, yeah. you know. The, um, I didn't know they had a good, like, they had an actual good award. They do? <laughs> Sorry, give me one second. Gotcha. Worst, worst reckless disregard for human life and public property. <laughs> that award went to Ramble Last Blood, but, um, the nominees were Dragged Across Concrete, The Haunting of Sharon Tate, Hellboy, and Joker. Mm. Um, yeah, they have something called the Razzie Redeemer Award, oh. and it goes to it goes to someone who I guess had a bad reputation, but then made a movie that everyone liked. The winner was Eddie Murphy for Dolomite Is My Name. Oh shit! But we, yeah, have you seen that? No, I heard it's really good though. Oh, it's great because I did. You ever watch the original Dolomite movies? No, I haven't. You think you bad and ain't got no class? I'll shove this shotgun up your motherfucking ass. Oh, that's just uh, hard. Yeah, because he, he, he used to be... He was like the godfather of rap, kind of. Um, uh, other people who got nominated, Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers, Keanu Reeves for John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, and Toy Story 4, Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems, and Will Smith in Aladdin. Okay. Those are all the for, nominees for the Redeeming Awards, right? For, like, for the Redemption Awards. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Because I, I, I was about to say, man, Keanu Reeves, John Wick, and Toy Story, he was amazing <laughs> in both of those movies. And I just, I rewatched Uncut Gems last night, and Adam Sandler's really good in it. He is. Yeah. So, uh, Cats was nominated for nine awards, and it won six of them. So those are the Razzies, everyone. Yeah. Dude, I always say, like, a career goal of mine is to win an Oscar. I'm going to add another career goal right here, right now. You know what that is, Victor? To win, uh, to win a Razzie? To win a fucking Razzie, dude. To win two. To win one for worst actor or worst whatever. And then win yeah. another one. Win the redemption one. I think the move is to win an Oscar and a Razzie in the same year. Yeah. Yeah. 
It shows you have range. Yeah, dude. It means you can be both really bad and really good. <laughs> That's what range means, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, hey, you wanted to talk about Half-Life Alex. Yeah, dude. I've been watching a bunch of videos on it on YouTube, and it, it seems cool. I saw Donkey's review of it. I've been watching Funhouse yeah. play around with it. A lot of people are saying that it is the, uh, it's like the Super Mario 64, the, the Halo, the fucking Breath of the Wild of VR. Like, it's the one game that's going to make you go out and buy VR. It's, I'm going to be real, because I've seen some of the same videos. Yeah. As cool as it looks... I think um, VR still looks stupid. Yeah, I feel like I that's, it's like a motion sickness machine, kind of. Yeah, I I just can't um, get past that, you know? Yeah. So, I... But dude, um, Half-Life Alex is a masterpiece. Is, is it? Because let me see, what uh, is it out-out? It's out, out, yeah. Thing is, though, oh. you got you got to get like a Valve's VR machine, and it's like a thousand dollars. Yeah, I know, because I think you basically you have to buy this game. Basically, costs a thousand dollars. Basically, like I think the game itself is what still probably sixty somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, like a, like a normal game. Is yeah. it a full length game? Yeah, I think like, it, I think it might be. Or it might be in, in episodes. Um, let me see. Because you know how there's like Half-Life 2 and Half-Life Episode 2 something. So I don't know if it's yeah. like the full Half-Life game or the, the, if they're going to read inst ins uh, have installments of it. But um, that's a good question. Let me look it up. Half-Life Alex. How long is this shit? Because that would suck if you spent $1,000 for what is basically a three-hour demo. Yeah. How long? How long to beat? Here it is. 15 hours. Yeah, that's uh, it. That's, that's like a game, yeah. That's that's uh, somewhere between a Call of Duty and a Doom. Yeah, Doom, Doom. The new Doom I heard is 15 hours long. Oh, really? Okay, so it's basically Doom. Yeah. And that's, that's a good length for um, a first-person shooter. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good length for a one thousand dollar <laughs> from like from the consumer first person shooter. You yeah, know? I get you. I'm probably not gonna get it, <laughs> but hey, it looks cool, you know. <laughs> well, you'll you'll get it in ten to fifteen years. Yeah, ten to when fifteen. When it's one years. of those like blast from the Blast from the Past bundles. Yeah, when it's retro know? and shit, you know? Yeah. Um, hey, do you mind talking real quick? I need to blow my nose. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, talk about uh, Half-Life Alex. I'll talk... The shooting looks pretty cool. Uh, Donkey hated the, the puzzles. That's the one thing he hated. They looked really repetitive, but shooting shit... Uh, those, mechanic, those mechanics are, are pretty exciting. You can shoot stuff out of the air, you know? Like, uh, you can throw things at people and distract them, which is pretty cool. Um, you can interact with things. There's a playground. You could spin, spin some of the things in the playground. I may have to blow my nose later. Um, I don't have the COVID-19, but I do think I have allergies, maybe. Sorry. It's all right. Um, 
it was the, like it was at the tip of my nose, and then I had to wash my hands for twenty seconds. Nice. Yeah, because you gotta so, do that now, huh? Because we gotta wash our hands. <laughs> Did you say we have to wash our hands now? Yeah, we that gotta wash our hands. Uh, uh, no, dude, I wasn't washing. I wasn't washing my fucking hands before this. Uh, uh-uh, uh, dude. Uh, uh-uh. uh. And I don't know why. I don't know why people are so stressed out about toilet paper. I wasn't use. I wasn't using toilet paper either. I was just using my hand and not washing it. So you just. <laughs> So you would just wipe with your hand and then just like throw it in the toilet? Yes, sir. I would I would dunk my hand in the toilet water and get rid of all of the the bits that were on my hand. And then you'd go make smoothies for Jamba Juice. Yes. Yes, exactly. Again I, again this podcast always goes back to shit. I know, I know. <laughs> it's a metaphor. It is, dude. Yeah. Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you talk yeah. for a little bit while I blow my nose? <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously? Okay. Yeah, I'll be um, back. Hold on. So, I think the big thing that is happening in my life is I'm playing Dark Souls 3. And if you have never played a game, that game, which was from four years ago, it's quite good. I think I said this last week. When um, when I originally tried playing the Dark Souls games, I always saw it as a challenge. One of those like, oh, I'm gonna beat it as a game, but and not that you can't view it as a game, but it's a lot less fun and it's harder to get through when um, you're not viewing the lore and you're not reading all of the item descriptions and everything like that. Uh, because when you do all of that, suddenly, oh, the bosses are just part of the story as opposed to this is a challenge that I need to beat. So if you've never played a hard game before, if you're a little baby who's still working on, like, Kirby games, try try the Dark Souls games. And again, don't view it as a challenge that needs to be beaten. View it as a world that needs to be explored. I heard, I heard that you, were, you need to be beat dark skin people? What? Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> remember, yeah. wait, remember when Liam Neeson basically said that? Oh yeah. Well, that's taken out of context, dude. He was I talking about being. A, a, it was a, it was a role he was doing. He said back in the day, I think somebody in Ireland, uh, some dude, uh, he wasn't he wasn't even sure if it was a black dude, but some black dude like beat up his cousin or something, or it was like. Something- it was because I think he was promoting the movie Cold Pursuit. Yeah. I and I think his cousin got like beaten pretty badly and he thought it, the guy was black. So he's like, I just walked around and wanted to beat a black man. Yeah. And I remember, I remember the thing being taken somewhat out of context, but even the context within it is a little rough. It is. But I think he what he was talking about was all like I was I was wandering the streets of Dublin looking to beat up a black man. But that's then right, I, that's what it was. I I went back home because I realized, oh, I'm fucking racist. And <laughs> this that's is wrong. Right, that's right. Yeah. It was him realizing the racism, but it, like if I said, "Hey everyone, don't commit like don't say this. I'm going to commit racial genocide." 
people only take the I'm going to commit racial genocide part and play that on the news, not the hey, don't do this part. Yeah, you know? dude, a, a, a week ago um, on Twitter, they were trending a it's over Timothy Chamelet because somebody got a, a clip of him doing a, a like a stage read. He was reading a script with somebody else. And yeah. a line in the script said, oh, well, you're a fucking dyke. And so people cut that clip out and they were uh, circulating it through Twitter saying, cancel Timothy. Wait, but it was part of a play, right? Yeah, 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 it was. They were completely taking it out of context, but they were just trying to do that, dude. Yeah, that's pretty stupid. Um, okay, here, uh, I'm on NBC. You want to read this? You yeah, hear this? let's hear this. Leave- uh, Liam Neeson said in an interview that he, oh, by the way, this was from last year, so February 2019, that he is ashamed to think he once stalked the streets looking for a black bastard to kill after someone close to him told him she had been raped. That's what it was. Yeah. I thought I thought it was raped, but I couldn't remember. In an interview published in The Independent on Monday, again, this was last year, Neeson said when the woman told him of the alleged rape, my immediate reaction was, did she know who it was? No. What color were they? The woman told him a black person had raped her. I went up and down areas with a caution. I went up and down areas with a caution, hoping I'd be approached by somebody. That's my Liam Neeson voice, by the way. That, like I couldn't it? tell, dude. I couldn't tell. I was all like, holy shit. When did you get Liam Neeson to be on the podcast? (laughs) Neeson said, Akasha is a heavy stick used as a weapon. I'm ashamed to say that. And I I did it for maybe (laughs) a week, hoping some black bastard would come out of a pub and have a go at me about something you know, so that I could kill him. Neeson said, It was horrible that I... That when I think back, that I did that, he said. Adding, he said, adding that he's never told the story before, and I'm saying it to a journalist. God forbid, and probably was the wrong way of uh, probably the wrong person to tell this to. Yeah, um, because I'm looking. Uh, the NBC article has a bunch of people saying uh, things on Twitter. That Liam Neeson interview is just so saddening and, yes, still racist. It reinforces the idea that people of color and especially black men are collectively responsible for the misdeeds of one and that when a woman is sexually violated, it's a man who is left truly wounded. Liam Neeson being ready to take any black life over what one person allegedly did just shows how meaningless and inconsequential black lives are to some. Even him telling the story demonstrates a level of privilege and understating that there may not be repercussions. Liam Neeson should T-H-I-N-K before speaking, seriously. Um, what is T-H-I-N-K? Uh, that spells think, Daniel. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all right. I can't, uh, it's, I've been inside for too long. I can no longer spell. Is your, is your brain mush? My like brain was last week. My brain's pretty mush now. Um, yeah, and then luckily there were people like uh, on Twitter kind of defending him. People need to hear the whole Liam Neeson interview so they can understand the context he said it in. He's not racist. Chill, everybody. Yeah. I hope Liam Neeson doesn't apologize for what he said. 
he was honest, suicidally honest in this day and age, but then admitted the shame of his desire to kill a blockbuster to avenge his friend's rape by a black man. His honesty should create a debate, not a witch hunt. Yeah, um, dude, I don't think he's racist. I think he was just telling a very, very personal story. A story Trump. that it probably takes balls to tell. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's like, if... How do I... If you... Because I think his thought process was racist back in the day, but if you are kind of demonstrating the error of your ways, um, you have to tell that dark part. Uh and people only heard that part without the context he was saying it in, you know? Yeah. But also, I, I don't know. Whether or not it was the right move is not up to me to decide, you know? It's up to it's up to Yahweh, dude. Well, it's up to the mob. Yeah, man. What does the mob think? And if the mob says otherwise, then you're going to get tarred and feathered. Yeah. And then he... Uh, <laughs> what? What was that? <laughs> I was going to say, and then he'd be the black bastard. <laughs> oh no, Victor. Oh no. People are going to clip this part of the podcast out, and then they're going to try and cancel you. And they're going to... Who? Who's going to do that? The mob, Victor. The mob. <laughs> the mob. This... This is the episode where we get 10 million listens. <laughs> <laughs> but all for all the wrong reasons. All for the, yeah, exactly. Um, hey, what else are you watching? Um, well, I got done watching One Punch Man like a weeb. Okay. Uh, the last thing, the, what I started watching after that was Castlevania. Uh, how is that? It was, it was good. It was it was it was decent. Not not as good as I wanted. Like the the second season, second season was great, but I yeah. enjoyed the third season. The season finale bugged me the fuck out, <laughs> but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Um, it bummed me out because uh, it was just sad the things that sort of happened and the things that that were realized and like the whole situation going on right now with like the global pandemic. You know, yeah, like I yeah. every I'm watching something, and if if it ends badly, it's just gonna hit even harder because t- times are tough right now. Oh yeah. So I'm not saying like oh like it, it was sad and it was it was kind of like it made me it bummed me out. That doesn't mean it was it was a bad ending. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Well, okay, for sure. I feel I I get that. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I'm wondering what to watch next, man. I think what I'm going to watch after after Castlevania is The Wire. Oh, yeah. That... Many people have told me to watch that one. Yeah, a lot of people are saying it's one of the greatest shows ever. Yeah. Ever. HBO... HBO does good shows. They do, man. Um, uh, actually, I, I I've seen like the first episode and parts of the second episode. I've I've tried to start watching it a couple of times in, in yeah. a couple of these past few years. I've just never gotten through it all the way. But right. I saw on Twitter that um, the people who make The Ringer they're gonna make a podcast devoted solely to The Wire, and they're gonna do like okay. a, for every episode they're gonna do a podcast about that episode all the way to the very end. Yeah. How many episodes are there? I think there's, I want to say there's like six seasons or five, and each season okay. has ten episodes. 
So sixty episodes. So that yeah, that's a year long podcast. A little over a year. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, you want to hear some news, Daniel? Yeah, let's hear some news. Shut up! Not you. My uh, computer decided to talk. What a bitch! Man told to turn down music chased a neighbor with a sword, says the police. This is from Huffington Post, our friends at Huffington Post. A man has been accused of grabbing a two and a half foot long, 76 centimeter sword and chasing after another man who asked him to turn down his music. Police in Manchester, New Hampshire said, a man knocked on the door of Benjamin Leyland, 47, on Monday. Police said Leyland reportedly became upset and grabbed the sword. He allegedly chased the man down a hall, police said. The man got away and there were no injuries. Leyland was charged with criminal threatening. He was scheduled to be arraigned Tuesday. It wasn't immediately known if he had a lawyer who could speak on his behalf. That's What do you think? Go ahead. That's medieval, dude. I was going to say that's gangster, but it's not. It's it's <laughs> it's medieval. Well, no, it's the OG gangster. Yeah, dude. Chasing a guy with uh, a sword? That's some Skyrim shit right there. <laughs> do you think the guy was actually trying to murder the other person? Or I think, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think he was just trying maybe to frighten him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think it was one of those where if he caught up to him, he'd be like, Ooh, I didn't think I'd get this far. Yeah. Because people who own two-foot swords aren't usually the most in-shape people in the world. Probably not. And I don't think they're they're all up there in the head, you know? No, 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 no. Those, I mean, those are the fedora-wearing people. Definitely, dude. It's a milady, you yeah. know? Maybe maybe he was trying to get up close to him and do the, the, the first rudah, you know? <laughs> And throw him off a cliff. Throw him off a cliff. I remember, oh shit, one of my favorite Rooster Teeth videos. Um, I think Xbox, Xbox had to connect, and um, you could say Fusro Da to, um, and in the game, they would like actually do the show, right? Oh shit. Well, or, oh no, yeah, if you shout. Then in the game, the your player character will shout. So every time someone got close to a cliff, someone would shout the sprinting thing and just kill the person immediately. I think and I've that seen that video. Work. That that's, that's yeah, a pretty that was, funny video. And that was OG Rooster Teeth. OG um, dude, back in the day. Actually, not even because Rooster Teeth. OG Rooster Teeth was like 2003, wasn't it? With Red versus Blue. That's like, a, yeah. that's, that's I want to call that second phase Rooster Teeth. That's when they started doing um, achievement yeah, videos yeah. and Let's Plays. And now, now, have you heard about what happened to Rooster Teeth? No, what happened? They got bought out by Warner Media. Really? Yeah, so they're a part of uh, Warner Brothers. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, dude. So, are they doing. That's nuts. I mean, they're, they're still running channels on YouTube. Like they, uh, nothing's really changed except that they, they're trying more to to fit into like the the current state of YouTube. So they do they do let's plays. I think they stream on YouTube, and a lot of them are just younger now. Like yeah, Jack and Ryan are are still in it. Jeff isn't really in it anymore. Jeff actually got promoted. He's not really heading Achievement Hunter anymore. He's actually the president of content at Rooster Teeth. <laughs> 
Oh, that's crazy. So he's in charge of like other channels, like like not only is he in charge of Achievement Hunter, but Funhouse and all of the other affiliated mm-hmm. Rooster Teeth channels that are on YouTube. And um, yeah, dude, it's just they've they've added a bunch of younger people. A lot of these younger people have uh, colored hair, <laughs> like <laughs> like one ninja. I don't know. It's like you got to have a specific look on YouTube, and that's what they look like right now. And For yeah, sure. they're, they're chugging along, man. Yeah, I remember. You're right. I think maybe phase two is the good way to put it. When we started learning who Jeff and Bernie and Gus were, yeah, you know. Um, but to, another thing, Bernie doesn't even is he's, he's not even on the podcast anymore. Bernie at the beginning of the year or like about six months ago actually like retired from being in videos because his job now is to they opened up this thing called Rooster Teeth Studios. Uh, and now his job is just to pr- produce movies. So that's what he's working on right now. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, and with one word, do you think he'll be doing theater movies now? Maybe. I think that that's always been the goal for Rooster Teeth, starting mm-hmm. with Red versus Boo, making bigger content that is more and more legit. Yeah, for sure. Because they've made a couple of features, but now now that they got the now that they're a part of Warner Media, they can probably do a lot more. I don't know what they're gonna do now is with the fucking pandemic, but um, that's what that's what was on the table as of now. That's true. With everything going on, yeah. like any decision that you made, even two weeks ago, is probably not coming true anymore. You, you know, know, you know what is coming true, dude? WrestleMania, man. Mm-hmm. I know. I've been telling all my friends to watch WrestleMania. You know what they've done, though? What? So they were thinking about having WrestleMania down at the uh, the Performance Center in Orlando, right? To, to yeah. a, 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 a fucking room full of nobody. Just the wrestlers, the cameramen, and the commentators. <laughs> but it... Still, sorry, I was describing it to a friend. I'm like, yeah, they're still lighting each other on fire <laughs> to a room. to huh. an empty stadium. <laughs> But it looks like, because uh, I think WrestleMania is like either this weekend or next weekend, and it sounds yeah. like they're gonna lock down Florida soon. <laughs> oh and, shit! Yeah. And, and so uh, what they've done is they filmed WrestleMania WrestleMania this week. So they've found different places to have these matches, and they filmed them already, and they're just gonna show them on Sunday. And no, they're actually gonna show them two days. WrestleMania is gonna span Saturday and Sunday, so they're gonna show. Uh, half of the matches on Saturday, and then half of the matches yeah. on Sunday. For sure. Is, uh, is, what's his name still doing? Like, can I get a hell yeah? No, he's not gonna be in it. There's so many oh. people, dude, that have been pulled from WrestleMania. There's, uh, there's this guy, his name is Roman Reigns, and he's, he's one of the faces of the company, one of the top wrestlers. He was supposed to, uh, be in the, uh, one of the, the co-main event with, uh, Bill Goldberg. He was going to go up against Goldberg for the Universal Championship, and Roman Reigns pulled out. What? You know why? Say that one more time. Why did he? Why did he pull out? Roman Reigns pulled out of the co-main event because he's a uh, he has leukemia, or he had leukemia, so he's oh, immunocompromised. Shit. So he had to pull out. And another wrestler, uh, I think his name is The Miz. He uh, he showed up to work sick, so they had to send him home. Jeez. We have we have gotten to that eerie like place where if you're still going into work and you have the sniffles, 
no one will be like, hey, just pull through. They'll be like, no, go home. Go Jesus. home. Go home. Live in a bubble. Go home. Leave. Leave this place and never return. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the end of March, Daniel. It is. And if you are, if you still have Christmas lights up, you're kind of a loser, right? Well, I don't know. Maybe people want to feel festive throughout the year, Victor. Well, Daniel, on this Huffington Post article, Christmas lights are back. People try to brighten spirits amid coronavirus fear. Um, it's beginning to look a little like the most surreal Christmas anyone's ever seen. About 100 million Americans are now under instructions to shelter in place to stop the spread of the coronavirus outbreak. And some are responding in an unusual way by putting up their holiday lights. In an effort to raise spirits, seasonal decor is emerging from garages, sheds, and closets for a rare spring appearance. Over the weekend, Hallmark Channel even broke out its Christmas movies. Brian Earl, host of the Christmas Past podcast, is that a year-round podcast? Is that a year-round podcast devoted to Christmas? That sounds awful. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Brian. Um, <laughs> we love you. Sorry. Said the, said the holiday got lost amid a impeachment news and a calendar that had the fewest days possible between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So what we're seeing now feels to be equal parts do-over of 2019 and grabbing at something that feels warm and comforting, he said. In response, Earl brought his podcast out of hibernation and began posting Christmas and quarantine episodes. He also displayed some of his own decorations at his home in the San Francisco Bay Area. Here's a look at some... Okay, and then they have a bunch of pictures. And these aren't just, like, lights. It's, like, full decor. Shit. You know? That... How do you feel about that? Um, I don't feel very good about that. I don't want. I think if I if I start um, driving around this time and I see Christmas lights up, then when actual Christmas rolls around, it's just going to remind me of the fucking pandemic, <laughs> and I don't want to be. I don't want to be. Rem, I don't want to be reminded of this point in my life. It's kind of depressing. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, I'm looking. Some of them just have you know a couple lights, but some of them, yeah, they went all out. Like the took the whole day to put christmas lights up i think dude they should okay if you want to put up lights in your house go ahead and do that but please mm -hmm. be like like conscious of what's going on don't put up fuck if you're gonna put up your christmas lights at least add like little virus uh ornaments to them right, right. so so you could see like oh it's like instead of it being christmas lights they'll be pandemic lights or it's Santa in the hospital. Santa in the hospital wearing a hazmat suit or something, you know? <laughs> Do that, please. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking at uh, fucking... Yeah, there, there's been a lot of weird things going on. Um, this Russian theater is performing for one spectator at a time. The Starting this month, Russia's Perm Opera and Ballet Theater will stream its performances online and allow just one spectator in the theater to watch in person. How much do you think that ticket ticket costs, Daniel? Uh, I'd say thousands of dollars or rubles or whatever they money they use in Russia. Uh, 
I can't find anything. Because <laughs> that's a good question to ask, right? Yeah, it is. I, I expect I expect it to be expensive. You know what? I think um, it's uh, it's not one person, dude. It's it's Vladimir Putin, right? It's Vladimir Putin it's, and it's it's Fred Durst there watching this fucking opera in Russia. No, no wait. It would be Vladimir Putin watches like the early showing, and then Fred Durst goes in for the late showing. Yeah, because there can only be one person in the theater at a time. Only one, but is it? What if they're like six feet apart? I don't even know. I don't even know what is acceptable anymore. <laughs> Me neither, man. Like, maybe if they're six feet apart, but they're in a room, and that room surpasses ten people, does that change anything? I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, but if you're in the room and people are breathing and shit, then when they breathe out, that virus is still in the air, right? It's circulating all over the place. But, like, if you... If you're outside, right, the air, like, it just goes up into the air. But if you're inside, does it stay? Like... Like, it, when you fart inside, it smells inside for a little bit. Yeah. But when you do it outside, you could just, like, walk away and it stops smelling, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've been hearing that the virus is heavy. That, so, if, like, it only, if you breathe out, it only goes for six feet forward, Before and then it falls. falls to the ground like a loser. Yeah. Oh. Huh. Like a loser? Is yeah, what you said. like a loser. You're a loser! Uh, you're lo- oh, f- f- fucking... That king of the hill? Yeah. Uh, thing. You're a loser! Loser! And she starts crying. Yeah. Oh, Peggy, I'm just gonna treat you like my high school football coach treated me. You... I could hear the effort, but you sounded like not... Him. Not him? It was a weird upside down world where he had a completely different voice. Well, and how about, wasn't sure how about this? <laughs> that's, no. a, that's a Hank Hill laugh. Uh, uh-huh. I'll tell what? you what. Tell you what. <laughs> this podcast has devolved, hasn't it? <laughs> Dude, this is what I'm talking about, man. We either talk about shit or we talk about King of the Hill. That's it. We're the Simpsons. And the Simpsons. We gotta start adding Fred Durst into this. Yeah, dude. Oh, speaking of Six Feet Apart, I have a terrible, terrible movie for you to watch. I think it's on Netflix. Oh, is it that... Is it that Cancer Kid movie? Which which Cancer Kid movie? It's like they're in the hospital with one of the Sprouse twins. Yeah, it's not it's not cancer. They had a uh, cystic fibrosis and it's called 5 feet apart. 5 feet apart. Yeah. Wait, but that's not that's not 6 feet. It's not which, 6 feet. Which Sprouse? Which I think Sprouse it, twin is the, the 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 one that's wor- the one that's acting right now. I think it might be Dylan or Cole, I don't know. The one that's on fucking um Riverdale. On Riverdale? Yeah. But have, the have thing you watched Riverdale? No, I haven't. Oh, here it is, five feet apart. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's about these two kids that have cystic fibrosis, and they really want to fuck, but they can't go near each other because they contain bacteria that's uh, that will kill them because they're so like uh, immune immunally compromised, right? right but they right, want right. to fuck really bad, and that's what the movie's about. 
I mean, it's more like teeny romancy, but the underlining thing is like, oh, I really want to like touch your pee pee. Right. We'll just grow a five foot dick. <laughs> well, dude, in the movie they have a pool cue. They have a pool cue, and that's what they yeah. use to keep each other keep uh, each other at bay. But they they could do so many things with that pool cue, dude. You know, they got so many holes that they could stick that thing in, and like. You could like rub certain things with the. the uh, they can use your imagination, like, man. Um, the response from the cystic fibrosis community has been mixed about this movie. Uh, while the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation welcomed the opportunity to raise awareness about the struggle, many patients experienced with the disease, while others found fault with the film's depiction of medically dangerous behavior. Others voiced concern about a terminal illness being romanticized and trivialized as a Hollywood teen love plot device. (laughs) It made me make fun of cystic fibrosis, dude. I know they were trying to do good things with this movie, like bring attention to this horrible, horrible disease and condition. But you're doing it a disservice if you make a bad movie. What what is cystic fibrosis, Daniel? Cystic fibrosis is this uh, condition where uh, there's certain parts of your body that produce like mucus, mm-hmm. and uh, that mucus is very very thick, and mm-hmm. uh, like it, it develops in in like certain parts. I think of uh, it, it. What it affects a lot is your lungs. So if you right. a lot of cystic fibrosis people they have really weak lungs because they're they're full of mucus and shit, and so eventually yeah. uh, a lot of people sometimes with a cystic fibrosis they don't make it past like thirty five because they end up like um, either getting like really sick and dying or they just end up like their lungs just stop working because they're full of mucus, you know. Right, right. And so for sure, for sure. that that's what it is. I know there's it's like there's more it's it's, it's a more specific description of the disease but that's that's what i gathered from the movie for sure that's what you gathered from from a film yeah um so the kind of looping everything back around daniel the budget for five feet apart was seven million dollars while box office receipts were 91.5 million dollars <gasps> the fanatic <laughs> Had a budget of, hang on, give me one second, had a budget, um, oh, fucking A, why, why is it always so hard to just find the budget? Give me one second. As we said, the Fanatic got just over $3,000 at the box office, and... I think it had a $23 million budget. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, they gave Fred Durst a lot of money. It was... Sorry, give me one second. I ain't gonna give you shit, son. Because they... Because I saw... I saw the budget on the IMDb page. Oh, yeah, budget. Oh, no, excuse me. The budget was... Eight million five hundred thousand dollars, and they got back three thousand dollars of that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was in fifty-two theaters too. Hey, son. 
So it made what, like sixty dollars? Something, at each yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, despite <laughs> despite the relatively poor critical response at four or five feet apart, it didn't. It was in fact more successful than the fanatic. Yeah, dude. Poor John Travolta, man. He's just—he's. I don't know if he's doing so well. He's—he's he's being in these movies that aren't very good. <laughs> he's a Scientologist. Yeah, so dude. He is. He should be killing it. For like, right? Oh, I'm still waiting for Battlefield Earth too, bro. Is the fanatic? Who? Oh, that yeah. From his from his studio that he created and then it died because um uh because the movie bombed so hard yeah bomb so um, hard motherfuckers want to close my studio <laughs> i always get confused between uh john travolta and nicholas cage because nicholas cage is the one with the pyramid in new orleans yes that, uh, but that but nicky cage isn't a, isn't a scientologist no, he's not. No, that's why I always get these like weird people confused. And it sucks because both Nicolas Cage and John Travolta are good actors. They are. They just are keep finding themselves in shitty roles. I don't I, know, Daniel. I think the next thing John Travolta is going to be in is The Mask Singer. <laughs> the um Isn't that how they're going to reveal Patient Zero? Yes. Yeah. Of, of the coronavirus. So, like, here's patient zero, and it's some Chinese man. <laughs> it's just some Chinese guy. <laughs> He's all like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah, well, I mean, someone would be like, uh, is that, no, I don't know, is that Jennifer Aniston? And then they pull the mask off, and it's just some guy. Some guy. Who happened to get it first, and everyone's like, whoa! Oh, hey, what time are we at, Daniel? We are at 53 minutes. I think it's a good time to cut this off. I think it is. I need to to get back to Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. I need to get back to Animal Crossing Horizons. Horizons. The Nintendo Switch. You sound like Reggie. My body is ready for more Animal Crossing. (laughs) Coming up. Oh, I miss Reggie. I miss Reggie too. He's working for GameStop though, but GameStop closed three hundred stores permanently <laughs> a day ago. Did you hear did you hear how evil GameStop is? Yeah, they were saying that they were considered essential, so they were gonna stay open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and even something like Best Buy that sells like important things didn't try to pull that kind of shit yeah. off. Yeah. GameStop is um, is not doing well. I don't think Reggie can save it. I mean, maybe Reggie could could have saved it, but I think Corona put the final nails in the coffin. That's the thing, Reggie. Nintendo didn't need Reggie anymore, you know. Yeah. Because when the Switch came out, Nintendo made actually good games. You know. Yeah. It was no longer like Wii era. Yeah. Nintendo. But, and so you needed 
Reggie, who was always excited about something to like get people excited about things. Yeah. But now the games just kind of speak for themselves. Um, if Reggie somehow gets people excited about GameStop, he's a god. And I don't know if he's going to do that. I'll tell you this right now, man. He Reggie is the only corporate executive I would like be friends with. Yes. But, yeah. Like I'd like to go out and like, I don't know, party with Reggie. It sounds fun, dude. My body would be ready for that. What is <laughs> what <laughs> what how do you think Reggie parties? When he goes out. Well, he probably brings his Nintendo DS and he plays Animal Crossing. <laughs> Just at the bar? Just at the bar. <laughs> I, I, do you need the check? Yes. I have to go now to play Animal Crossing <laughs> on my Nintendo Switch. <laughs> oh, oh, that I, bastard. He's such. He's so good. Oh, that black bastard. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Uh, all right, Daniel. Hey, this has been an adventure. Yes, it has. Uh, my name is Victor Wright. My name is Daniel Farias. All right, bye, guys. Bye, guys. Stay safe. Stay inside and take care of yourselves. Bye. Bye.